Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Dylan. And this is... Yikes. That's grim. Hmm. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Howdy. Um, it's going. Yeah. It's kind of dark out. Uh, what is sunlight? <laughs> Real question. What is, what is sunlight? I don't know why you're going to say what's daylight saving, but... Fuck daylight saving. Aren't we done with that? No, 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 but aren't we almost due to be done with it? I, I thought th- in the next year or so we're done. I think BC depends... <laughs> Decided. Yeah, right. <laughs> BC depends on what California does. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. The states... The states. Listen to me. Where am I from? The United States. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure decided. This is the, not the last fallback, but we'll do the spring forward one more time for Africa. And then, <laughs> and then uh, the fallback and that's it. But we remain fallback. <laughs> we remain falling back. We leave on this one? Yeah. we. This is the, well, second to last. But that's, so we, we leave it on the one where Yeah. The one where it's dark. Fucking four? Yeah. Fuck that. Anyway. <laughs> So, a couple little pieces of housekeeping yes, that please. I wanted to address before we got started today. As of right now, we record episodes two at a time. So, yes. for, for those that don't know, we do one of mine, one of Kiki's, one day, and then carry on. Right. Because we're doing this around our full-time jobs and our families, it's just easier right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we do not condone any of the violence, trauma, or horrific acts or situations that we cover or discuss in our cases. Absolutely not. I want to do the victim justice always and I will always aim to grow and try to do better than last time. Some cases are more difficult than others and because I talk about true events and cases moving forward if I feel that a case is going to be more difficult to listen to Mm. I will try and put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Not every episode or every case is going to be appropriate for everyone and that's okay. I'm okay with that. You guys know I love you and I never ever want to upset or offend any Right. Don't feel compelled to listen to something that you feel like would activate you, trigger you, bother you, haunt you. I mean, the same goes, we were just talking before the mic was on, just like the idea of we have commonality on this podcast in a way because you are talking about real life events that are very, I mean, you could pull them up, but the paranormal is not too terribly far because they're still also based on events. And as we were talking about again before, it just really depends on like, I don't know how to put it, how long ago those events transpired. So something more recent, something more local to me maybe where people like might know us or might know where we live, which again, we're trying hard to not disclose. Uh, but it, you know, if you know of things around here, like yeah, some varying degree of recent to not recent. So mm-hmm. again, if it bothers you, please don't be compelled to listen. Yeah. You mean no malintent with any of this. Absolutely. That was just really important to me to yes. say yep. before we got started today. Yep. Moving into today's case though. Yeah. During this case, I might bounce between family physician and general practitioners oh. as the title. To be honest, I am not confident about the difference. If there is yeah. one, <laughs> if there is one, I'm so sorry. If you know the difference, wow, I was please about to crack tell a bad me. Joe. I was gonna say, well, you can't find either of them anywhere near us. No, you can't. You <laughs> cut that if can't. you need to, or no. leave it in. You it's real doctor. <laughs> it's reality. Anyway, I don't know yes. the difference. If no. you do, let me know. Uh, shoot us an email at yegsetscrim at gmail.com or through one of our social media platforms. Correct us. Probably not not through Twitter because I don't know what's happening on Twitter. <laughs> 
Thanks, Musk. Oh my gosh, yes. Twitter dead? Fuck, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will also mention that although our case today does evolve around a doctor, I will not be showing him the respect of referring to him as such. Mm. This is an active choice I am making and not done lightly. I do not believe that this man should ever have been held in the regards of a physician and doesn't deserve to be referred to as doctor. Do they have? He's a doctor. Still? Um, I don't know what's going on here yet, but still. I believe he's been discredited, but good. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to call him a doctor. Call him out. So today, yes, I am talking about Harold Fred Frederick Shipman. Stop with that name already. All right. <laughs> Harold was born January 14th, 1946 in Nottingham, England. Oh. He was an English man and was a practicing family doctor. He is claimed to have murdered up to 250 of his patients. Oh my gosh. Though he's only been convicted of killing 15 of them. <gasps> he is- I think I know. Oh my gosh. I think I actually know this case. Do you know this one? I think I do. Okay. So he is arguably England's most prolific serial killer. Only England? Or was he other places as well? Sorry. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. England only. England only. only. Okay. So because... Oh, dang. Then I have another one for you later. Ooh, I'm going to pin it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because of Shipman's murders taking place against his patients, the English medical community and regulating bodies were faced with raised questions surrounding the power and responsibilities of the medical community and the classification and certification for a patient having suffered a sudden death. Okay. So in the UK at present, doctors are required to complete a prompt and accurate certification of death. Mm -hmm. This legal document is important moving forward with respect to the living will and testament with life insurance, disposal or burial of the body, Mm -hmm. as well as a permanent record of the fact that the death has occurred and the manner in which it's occurred. Okay. The, the death has occurred. So how, how they... Yeah, okay, away. I'm sorry. According to the Office of National Statistics for England and Wales, it is up to the doctor who attended to the deceased during their last illness that is legally responsible for completing the death certificate. So whoever, whatever doctor was seeing that person last, it is their responsibility wow. to do the death certificate. So not even um like ER nope. nursing. It's not even there. necessarily your GP. It's whoever saw well, you every- last. Yeah, not everybody passes in the exactly. hospital. By law, the death certificate needs to be produced within five days of the death occurring or being found out. Okay. Therefore, the most recent doctor or general practice practitioner to have tended to a patient is responsible for completing this documentation. This is important legal documentation. Okay. All right. So, Harold Shipman is touted as one of the UK's most prolific serial killers, and yet he is often deemed unremarkable because he was so much like so many of us and was able to fit into society. This was how Harold Shipman was so successful as a killer. So who was Harold? Let's back up a little bit here. Harold Shipman, he was clearly an intelligent man. He was able to become a doctor. He did the damn thing. Mm -hmm. He did his doctorate. So he's not an idiot. Harold was the middle child of three siblings. Mm -hmm. And unlike his siblings, he was pushed towards greatness. His mother was controlling of his schedule and activities, determining who he played with in his youth Mm. and aimed to dedicate him to his studies. Harold was weird-ish, but never, just never stood out. It allowed him to integrate into society with ease and unnoticed. Okay. When Harold was 17 years old, his mother passed away from lung cancer. He watched for the weeks leading up to her death how her doctor would visit, give his mother pain medication, usually morphine, Mm -hmm. and the peace that it brought her in her last, or pardon me, in her final weeks. 
weeks. Harold was with his mother as she died. Yikes. At her passing in his grief, Harold ran all night long. Like he ran. Like all just night. like ran around? Yeah. Outside in the rain. In the pouring rain in a t-shirt and shorts, he ran. 17 years old. 17 years old. Okay. His mother has just died. Mm-hmm. It was after the passing of his mother that Harold Shipman decided he wanted to be a doctor. Now put this in your back pocket because mm-hmm. that's going to come back. It's speculated that because Harold had run, he'd run all night after the passing of his mother, that the dopamine that he would have gotten from running after such a traumatic event is what twisted his feelings surrounding his mother's death. Okay. Although he would have been feeling sadness and grief at her passing because of all of that dopamine, Harold likely paired pleasure with her death. I was going to say, this is what people would, I mean, what people constantly call like, when did they snap? This is the snap. This is the, this is a snap. This is the, the uh, twist. Uh, yeah. A uh, switch was flipped, yes. if you will, in yep. the brain. Absolutely. Yep. Harold was accepted into Leeds Medical School in 1965 after having to repeat his entrance examination due to poor grades. Okay. Again, he only decided when he was 17 that he wanted to be a doctor. Right. After being accepted to Leeds, Harold met Primrose Oxtaby on a bus. Sorry. That's a nice name. Oxtaby. I think that's how I say it. Primrose. Primrose. Yes. Nice. Her it's first lovely. name was Primrose. So they met on a bus. Mm. His sweetheart and later wife. Oh, okay. Six months after meeting on that bus, Primrose fell pregnant and the pair married at City Hall. Sorry, I'm not making but Did you say she fell pregnant? <laughs> Yeah? Okay. That's, isn't it like became pregnant? Not fell don't, pregnant. Don't you... Fell sounds like fell sick. Oh, I feel like I've heard that before. You can feel like you fell ill. You fell pregnant. I don't know why I'm comparing <laughs> those two things. <laughs> anyway. Girlfriend. Is mm-hmm. okay. They married at City Hall. There okay. isn't even a wedding photo of the pair. This was a sign a document and go. They're like, let's get it done. Let's okay. get it done. All right. Very romantic. I'm into it. They actually end up having four children together. Mm. Sarah, who was born in 1960. 67, Christopher, who was born in 1971, David, born in 1979, and Sam, born in 1982. Okay. They have a, actually pretty big jump between all the kids. I, I was going to say there's between the two middle boys, there's like eight, eight years. years. Yeah. Interesting. So I mean, whatever. Between but... the eldest Sarah and the youngest Sam, 1967 to 82. What's that? Like Don't ask 15 me. years. <laughs> there's 15 years between the two extremes. That's a lot. After the trial, all five of Harold's family members were actually given new identities. Wow. So they're no longer in the public eye. I did not try to find it. Absolutely respecting the fact yeah. that they've been given new new identities. I mean, the the youngest child is 12 years older than me. So she's, wow. or pardon me, Sam's a boy. Sam's Hold am I? 28, so he's 40. Wow. Shipman earned his med- medical degree from Leeds University in West Yorkshire, England in 1970. It only took Shipman a few years until he earned his place as a general practitioner. And in 1974, he began practicing in Todmorden in Lancashire in Northwest England. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can feel that I butchered that, but I tried my best. It's all good. Lancashire? Lan- Lancashire? Link, they're hard. I don't know. I tried to listen to something that said it, and now I forget. Unfortunately, Shipman's medical career didn't start without scandal. And in 1975, Shipman was forced into rehab and out of his practice after it was exposed that he had written several fraudulent prescriptions for the opiate drug Pethidine and had become addicted to it. Oh, that happens so frequently, even to this day. It does. It's really sad. Uh, So Pethidine is a synthetic opioid pain Mm -hmm. medication, and it's also known by the names 
names Demerol and yep. Mepiridine. That's I think I, most people would know it as Demerol. I know Demerol, Mepiridine. It I is didn't very, very um, oh, addictive. Yeah, it's, it's still it's very high. Yeah. So at this point, after his addiction and abuse was, or abuse of his license mm. and prescription writing abilities, mm-hmm. he didn't lose his license to practice during this event. He was instead given a small fine of 600 pounds and his practice fired him. He could still practice, but right. the one he was working at fired him. I mean, that's risk. I mean, right? 600 pounds. Though. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, you um, you have a drug problem. You know, like I get that. That's kind of rehabilitating in a way of like, okay, you can't practice here. Go do that shit somewhere else. Also get your shit together. Yeah. I wish there would have been a little... It is a warning sign. It is a warning sign. I wish there would have been a little bit more follow-up because of that addiction. Yeah, like the board that, that supervises him yeah. could have followed up. And something. I don't know much about them. I was trying to look at the medical boards in the UK, but it's because confusing. of all this stuff with like Britain and Wales, and yeah. it was very Brexit. Confu- Brexit. <laughs> um, it was very confusing. Yes. I tried though. I, yeah. In 1977, so only two years later, Shipman developed a thriving practice in Hyde in Greater Manchester. Okay. This was a community he was able to gain respect in, and he was able to move past the scandal of becoming addicted to painkillers. Okay. He was a good, respectable doctor, of course. Mm-hmm. Nah. Oh my god. Thank you, Borat. Thank you, Borat. <laughs> I've never seen that, so. Oh my god. I just know that when you nah. hear the word not, you're yeah. supposed to say it like that. Mm-hmm. In 1993, after working in the community for a number of years, Harold Shipman was able to set up his own practice in Hyde. Wait, 1993? 93, the year before I was born. Oh my god. That's when he, so he'd already been working in, in Hyde, but in 93 is when he set up No, I'm just like, practice. this is, oh, this is well, 29 years this ago. This is not that late. Yeah, okay. Nope. Once his practice was set up, he'd registered around 3,000 patients to his practice. What? No, this is really interesting. At the time in Hyde, you were able to not really pick your doctor, but there were a couple choices. So if you didn't like your doctor, you had an opportunity to go to a different doctor. Okay. So these patients picked him, A, and stuck with him, B. But 3,000. 3,000 patients. Then again, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of like my practice, which is like, I see folks max weekly. Yeah. You could have 3,000 if you're seeing them, I don't know, every six months or once a year. Yeah, I was going to say, in our dental office, I think we had somewhere around 2,500 patients. Oh my God. You You know, but it makes, sorry, for me, I'm like, oh my God. For you, a therapist, (laughs) that would kill you. I'm like, that is, that is malpractice waiting to happen right Right? there. Yeah, okay. But he had a lot of people that trusted him. Yep. So what did Harold do? Oh God. Many in the community of Hyde felt that, at the time, Harold Shipman was an answer to their prayers. They needed a doctor and they were answered by Shipman. Mm, great. He was a popular member of the community. He was well liked and well respected. He had absolute trust from his patients and victims mm. making him the perfect killing machine. Killing machine. I mean, 250, that's your machine. Mm-hmm. Most of his patients adored him, and they were older women who wanted to have a doctor they could trust. Because of how likable he seemed to be, Harold gained their trust super easily. Mm. Even when other patients started to suddenly pass, his living patients stayed completely loyal to him. Mm. Like, no one was like, oh, this is suspicious. I mean, they noticed that other patients are seeming to die at a higher rate than what is average for a doctor's office. Right. And they were like, no, we like him. Mm-hmm. He cool. Hyde was a small and safe community and Shipman's murders and later suicide rocked the community to its 
absolute core. During his active period and only shortly before his capture, Dr. Linda Reynolds had expressed great concerns to the local coroner around Shipman's practices. Okay. So she was starting to notice something's going on. Is that a doctor under him or that's just like another doctor uh, in the area? Another GP in the area. Okay. The accusations that Dr. Re- Reynolds, pardon me, had made were followed up with by the police, mm. but the police found nothing. What? They found nothing. We found nothing. Um, like there's dead people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Love that. Right? Great investigation. Harold, after this, went on to kill three more women only women just at this point okay but three more Mm -hmm. and then he stopped Mm. or was stopped Mm -hmm. it's actually quite interesting with this case unlike most other serial killers and i am going to refer to him as a serial killer Mm. he didn't have to worry about body disposal oh gross in most cases the family of the victim would actually be the ones to dispose of the victim's body and pay for it and pay for it as well most of his victims were actually found in the middle of the day fully closed clothed pardon me sitting upright in a chair or on the sofa. So it looked like a normal passing. It looked like they just passed away. What the hell? Harold claimed that on these patients, he performed a full external examination. Okay. After finding them having passed. Most of the time, this external examination, which would be looking at the entire skin, eyes, ears, everything on the outside of your body. Yeah. He claimed this without even unbuttoning a blouse, rolling up a sleeve, or taking off a shoe. Okay. So fully dressed everybody, but Mm -hmm. he's done a full external examination. Sure. Most of these deaths, Harold suggested that the individual had just died from a heart attack. Even though someone who's had a heart attack doesn't just slump over asleep on the couch to pass away looking completely relaxed and at peace. Mm -hmm. They usually are in terror or have fallen somewhere, Mm -hmm. not just, I fell asleep on the couch. Right. Yeah. Now, there are actually at least three of Harold's victims who are speculated to have been his first murder. Oh, like... We don't know who's number one. Oh, crap. Yeah. So, one of the three, the first, is Eva Leones. She's often referred to as his first and was killed in March of 1975 on the eve of her 71st birthday. Mm. The second is 67-year-old Margaret Thompson, who passed away in March 1971. Okay. But her death was never proven, nor are any of his victims' deaths prior to 1975. So if a patient of his died before 1975... They're like, it's inconclusive. We they can't have, prove it. Yeah. They okay. have no way of proving how but they died. But most people have a pretty strong uh, She's hunch. a really, really good hunch. Margaret's death took place just a few months after Harold completed medical school. Mm. Then, according to the Shipman Inquiry, which we'll talk about later... His first murder took place after receiving his medical license and was against a very ill four-year-old girl, which would have been his youngest victim. Uh Her mother had left the room asking Harold to be kind to her, which Harold took as his cue. This could have been argued that it was an attempt at euthanasia because she was quite sick, but her mom was in the cafeteria and wasn't aware. Right. So... You can't say that there was a good intention behind that. Or consent of a or consent. very sick four-year-old. Regardless of who his first victim was, mm. 
These are all presumed to be victims of his. Okay. The introduction of power over life as a, a physician inflated his actions and pushed him into what we know now. Okay. So he he's in this he position where yeah. he's a doctor. He can choose whether his patients are living or dying. The fact that we don't know who his first kill is mm-hmm. is astonishing. Yeah. And again, this isn't that long ago. Right. This is 40, 50 years ago. Right. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that we don't know his first victim, and we probably never will, to right. be honest. On June 24th, which is my wedding anniversary, yeah, uh, 1998. That's Shippen- not your wedding anniversary. <laughs> no, I was four. On Yay! Yay! <laughs> so on June 24th, 1998, Shipman's last victim, Kathleen Grundy, an 81-year-old woman, was discovered deceased in her home hours after Shipman had visited her house to pull blood samples. Oh, so he did, like, home visits. Yeah, mm. yeah, he did home visits. Which makes it even, okay. Even easier to kill his patients. <sighs> Her family was shocked at their loved one's sudden passing as she'd appeared to have been in good health. Like this was a standard blood test. It's Mm -hmm. not like they were checking for anything. Right. But there were other events that further caught up the the woman's family's attention. Mm. It was found that her entire estate had been bequeathed to Shipman. Oh, that's fun. Which was valued at around 400,000 pounds, which in today's money would be... 694,000 pounds, which converts, I did the conversion for you. Hey. In US dollars, in today's money, this would be about $830,000, which is a fair chunk of change. Yeah, the dollar's doing good. (laughs) Dollar's doing okay. Canadian dollar, however. (laughs) That's Um, In Canadian dollars, Mm. this would be 1.1 million. Still a chunk of change. He, he, yeah. Mm -hmm. He would have gained a lot financially if this had worked. So wild how that happened. Right? So Shipman also insisted that no autopsy was needed to be performed on the woman to determine her cause of death. What? I don't... Mm, I don't think he gets to decide that. Oh, he's, he's her doctor. Well, but... Right? <laughs> I don't know. Is that up to him? Uh... Do families decide who gets... We're getting in the weeds, but... I don't know, to be honest, the rules in the UK. I think the family gets to decide, depending on the death. But mm-hmm. this one, because it didn't... I mean, it could... Some of them that are suspicious get... Well, this thing, um, this, this could not seem suspicious. Right, that's true. Yeah, okay. Anyways, yeah. yes, getting in the weeds about it. So, Kathleen Grundy's daughter, Angela Woodruff, was a lawyer and pushed for an autopsy to be performed on her mother after a solicitor had brought to light the unauthentic-looking will of her late mother. Mm. So this will looked like shit. He didn't even try. Mm. With Shipman, again, being the sole beneficiary, excluding... Like uh, all family? Excluding <laughs> yeah. her daughter, her grandchildren, yeah, everybody. That's, that's us. This, again, will was a horrible fake. And it was even found to have Shipman's fingerprint on the will, which he'd claimed to never see. Sure. Could never that's see. That's so it. weird. Right? It's, why is your fingerprint on something mm. you've never seen before? After Angela Woodruff's suspicion around the fraudulent will were confirmed, tests were performed on the late Kathleen Grundy to determine her actual cause of death, and her system was found to have diamorphine, or heroin, in it. Shit. Again, she's 81, okay? Mm-hmm. So this... Treatment of using diamorphine was typical amongst terminal cancer patients. Yeah. Again, Kathleen was healthy. Mm-hmm. 
did not have terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for her to be using this. Mm-hmm. Forensic scientists said that after review, Kathleen Grundy's death was, quote, consistent with the use or administration of a significant quantity of morphine or diamorphine. And similar values have been seen in fatalities attributed to morphine overdoses. Yep. Unquote. Yep. So she had a lot. With this looming accusation, Shipman attempted to cover his ass. Okay. By inferring that 81-year-old Kathleen Grundy had been addicted to drugs, including codeine, morphine, and or heroin. Sure. He pointed to his notes as proof. Oh, no. This proof was later debunked as forged notes after the fact. Oh, my God. Is this why you told me to do my notes earlier? I did. <laughs> oh, I my did God. tell you to do your notes. <laughs> But literally... Yes, timely notes. Don't forge them. Mine get signed. Mm -hmm. Right? So I can't go back and fix them. He literally was writing on the same typewriter that he used to make... A fucking typewriter? Isn't this the 90s? Right. No, uh, yeah, 90s. See, this is why Gen Z thinks we're old. Anyways. He used the same writing machine to write... (laughs) Get an Apple Mac. Was there a Mac? I don't know. It just feels like laptops were around then. They had to have been. That, there was at least a computer. That first big bubbly, colorful yeah, desktop. Yeah, that was like bubblegum colors. And I can't think of one that would have You know been. what I'm talking about? I totally do. Uh, or a desktop. Do my buddies using a typewriter? Yeah. All right. It's literally it's the same one that he used to write the fake wills that he Stupid was using to write fuck. the fake notes. Rookie. Right. Dumbass. So Harold Shipman was arrested on September seventh, nineteen ninety-eight. More like Harold Shipman. <laughs> Sorry. Literally. <laughs> Uh, He was arrested on the speculated murder of Kathleen Grundy and the forgery of her will. But police were not done looking. Mm. In 1999, Robert Shipman was accused... I just said Robert. Harold Shipman. Where did I get Robert from? In 1999, Harold Shipman was accused of killing 15 of his patients after Deborah Massey, who had worked at the funeral parlor Frank Massey and Sons. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. There's also a daughter, Frank. Mm raised the alarm after noticing how many of Shipman's patients were dying and further still how many had been cremated with his signature. Usually it's the family signature. Yeah. It was his signature. Yeah. Accusations against Harold also started to form when the with the bell being rung by another GP informing the Medical Defense Union of suspected malpractice. Yeah. Another one of Shipman's accusers, and this is a fun one, was a taxi driver named John Shaw. He had informed the police that a suspicious number of elderly women seemed to be dying at the practice after he dropped them off in seemingly good health. Mm-hmm. So he would drop them off at their doctor's office. That's a small community, so he probably knew a lot of these. Yeah, they were just dying folks. at the doctor's. John Thanks. Shaw speculated that Shipman had killed 21 of his patients. Hmm. So we're already getting a couple different numbers here. In 2000, Shipman was convicted of 15 counts of murder, as well as one count of forgery. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to life in prison. The forgery charge was, of course, the forging of the will. Uh, Kathleen Grundy's will. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, reviewing this timeline because it's a little confusing. Yeah. On September 7th, 1998, Harold was arrested for the murder of Kathleen Grundy. Mm-hmm. October 5th, 1999, Harold's murder trial begins. He is accused of murdering 15 of his patients at this point. Okay. January 31st, 2000, Harold is convicted on 15 counts of murder, one count of fraud, and is sentenced to life in prison. Yep. February 1st, 
2000 an inquiry is opened looking into the murders and the how they could have happened because mm-hmm. he's still he's still been charged for 15 murders of his patients right relatives of the victims campaign for this private inquiry to become public in february that same year so 2000 police announced that they are looking at shipman's role in potentially 175 patient deaths holy crap but no further murder charges will be pursued why don't know okay. to be honest In April 2000, so two months later, Mm -hmm. coroner John Pollard announced he was holding inquests into 23 deaths not included in the original investigation of 15. Okay. January 2001, reports suggest that 236 of Shipman's patients may have been murdered by him. Great. Again, another number. How many dead people were there? June 2001, the Shipman Inquiry begins phase one focusing on examining the deaths of 466 patients. 466. Of which foul play is suspected by him. Oh my god. July 2002, phase one of this inquest completes, exposing Shipman's involvement in the deaths of 215 of his patients, with more still a potential... Of these 215 victims, 171 were women, 44 were men. They ranged in ages between 41 years of age and 93. Okay. So they have basically proven that Harold Shipman killed 215 of his patients. Right. Which is the most. Mm-hmm. That's, I can't even picture 215 people. I don't want to. I don't want Not to. Not in either. this context, no. no. So. Harold Frederick Shipman is convicted of killing Kathleen Grundy, as mentioned before, she was Mm -hmm. 81, Joan Melia, 73, Winfred Meller, 73, Bianca Pomfrey, 49, Ivy Lomas, 63, Mary Quinn, 67, Irene Turner, 67, Jean Lilly, 59, Muriel Grimshaw, 76, Nora Nuttall, 65, Laura Wagstaff, 61, Maureen Ward, 57, Pamela Hillier, 68, Marie West, 81, and Lizzie Adams, 77. These are the 15 people that he was charged with. Mm -hmm. These are the only people that he was charged for murdering. Mm -hmm. He murdered more. Right. But these are the 15. For his forgery case, two of Shipman's patients actually came forward and testified against him, Mm -hmm. which his patients had stood behind him at the beginning of these these accusations. So now they're starting to realize, oh, fuck, he ain't ain't tight. They stated that they had been asked to witness a document signing for him. He would not disclose what the document was. This was later determined to be the forgery of Kathleen Grundy's will. Okay. Shipman, in 2004, completed suicide by hanging himself in his cell. The day before his 58th birthday, on January 13th, 2004, Harold Shipman was pronounced dead. Rest unwell, my dude. Damn. Like... He couldn't handle that he got caught and he hung himself. I mean, I get that. It is a... It is a... I don't know. I don't even know. It's kind of sad because it just sort of spits on everybody else's murder or, you know, their passing as well. You want to know the best part? No. He... (laughs) You're going to tell me anyway. I'm going to tell you anyway. Eh. He did this so that his wife would still get his pension because that was something that was apparently important to him. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, does she have to suffer? She didn't do anything. They, I mean, you're always going to speculate whether or not the family knew. I really don't think the family knew. I, re- I bet, yeah. I, I bet mean, he was like a different human. He was fun, loving, wonderful at home. I mean, when you were talking some of the murders, I, I'm crappy at math. I know I've mentioned that. 
But I was like, in the meantime, had children. Yeah, had four children whilst killing over 200 people. And all, but sorry, all by the same drug? Pretty well. Pretty consistently. It was, he, there's speculations that he was administering this drug to kill them because it's what he'd watched his mom right. Right. pass with, I mm-hmm. guess. Now, after Shipman's conviction and due to the environment that was surrounding his crimes, a government inquiry was ordered to determine how many of his own patients Shipman murdered whilst acting as a family physician. So mm-hmm. because he was acting as a doctor, it is so important for the government to find A, a number, and B, how the fuck that. Yeah, how this happened. How it happened, yeah. In 2005, an official report was produced that found Shipman having been estimated to have murdered 250 of his patients. Okay. Starting in 1971, the year after he graduated with his medical degree. This suggested that potentially Harold was active as a serial killer in the UK for almost 30 years mm-hmm. without getting caught. But under the guise as under the being guise. a doctor. Yep. Someone you generally trust. And again, in this community, he was well trusted. Someone who can admit or minister things. Right. That. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could play into the guise of he was performing like medically assisted or what is it? Medical yeah. assistance in suicide. dying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Medically, medical suicide. Uh, the report found that in most instances, Shipman would inject his victims with a lethal dose of dimorphine, right. a painkiller, right. and would then sign their death certificate attributing the deceased passing to either natural causes or heart attack, something relatively common for that age bracket. Right. If inquired, he would insist that no autopsy needed to be performed on the individual as toxicology is standard in an autopsy and he would have been found out. Right. Like way sooner. Way sooner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Shipman's motives remain unclear and as he's no longer with us, we probably won't ever know why he acted mm-hmm. in such a heinous manner whilst in a position of not only power but of trust. Mm-hmm. You trust your doctor and Harold exploited that to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Speculation over the years has suggested that Harold may have been acting to avenge the death of his mother, who passed away due to lung cancer. Yep. Other ideas surround the idea that he was just performing euthanasia. Yep. Uh, some suggest that removing, and this sounds horrible, he was removing older folks who he deemed to be a burden on the healthcare system. I was going to say it's like eugenics. Yeah. It's, yeah. He, it's eugenics. Mm-hmm. A much darker guess for his motives landed squarely on the shoulders of being an angel of death. Jeez. Yeah. He's he's also often referred to as uh, Dr. Death or an angel of death. Right. He loved the power he held over his patients and whether or not they lived or died. Despite the forgery charge after he altered Kathleen Grundy's will, it is suspected that financial gains weren't actually a factor in his crimes because yeah, this is like the, the only one. Yeah, it's and the, only it's the last one. Right. They also think that he might have done it basically to get caught. I was Again, say, it was yeah. such a shitty forgery. He was either wanting to get caught or taunting the fact that he could do anything. Yeah. Got too cocky. Yeah. Oh, let me just try this out. Exactly. So as I'd mentioned before, Harold's actions started speculation over the misuse of a physician's powers and authority. Yep. And is included in conversations surrounding the ethics of practice still. Yep. One key question plagues investigators and critics of this case. How in sweet fuck did Dr. Harold Shipman successfully murder up to 250 of his patients without anybody raising 
raising their hand and asking what was going on or without accusing him of of foul play. Right. Aside from the couple very light accusations Mm -hmm. he'd been given. A lot of information on Harold Shipman is reviewed by the documentary Harold Shipman, Dr. Death, Who Killed 250 Patients. Is that literally the document? That's the title. (laughs) Okay, they, yeah, that's gotta get changed. Didn't, uh, no, uh, cut to the chase. Too many words, yeah. It is. Uh, presented by Real Stories and available on YouTube. Mm. I know, I watched it for free on YouTube. Oh, yikes. So I'll link that in the description box. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so interesting in this case because Harold had groomed this community up until he was convicted. They did not believe that he was capable of this. The entire community of Hyde, his 3,000 patients, minus the ones that died, rallied behind him and Hmm. believed that he was being falsely accused. He was their trusted doctor. Right. He couldn't have done any of these horrible things, but we know he did. Yep. It's really interesting listening to the documentary and all the really nice things that people have to say about him. Still? I don't know if still or if it's a forethought of, oh, he was such a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was a nice guy. He was such a nice guy. He was such a, he he was the doctor you'd love to go for a beer with, like that kind of stuff. Right? Uh, most of Shipman's victims were older, yep. but they were still healthy individuals. Yep. They had lots of life left ahead of them still. Shipman took advantage of their unwavering trust in him as their doctor, and that was a fatal choice, unfortunately. Personally, I love my doctor, and I know I am so unbelievably lucky to have a doctor. You have a doctor? I do. I really do. <laughs> and I will Bless. blindly follow that man's advice. Mm. I love him to pieces. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't trust our healthcare team or our medical professionals, especially in this current climate. Yep. But you should ask questions. Yeah. You need to have autonomy for yourself and, and feel comfortable asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Patients have the right to advocate for themselves and they have the right to know exactly what is going on with their health mm-hmm. and why any treatment or outcome is being performed. Well, both both you and I are yeah. at healthcare. Yeah. I loved I, it when patients asked me questions. Oh, yeah. I love it too. I always explain. There's no... I'm wearing sleeves, but there's no tricks up them. I'm going to tell you what my... <laughs> Right? I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I love that. Right? I'm, I, t- I say that to people. I'm like, I'm wearing sleeves, but there's no reason to hide anything. Why would I lie? It makes no sense. No. doesn't benefit either of us. So. No, absolutely. Full I, transparency. It was the same in, in like a dental office. If yep. someone, oh, I don't want to be here. I hate this. Okay, leave. Yeah. I don't care. I'm yeah. doing this because I enjoy it. So why would I hurt you purposely? Why right. would I lie to you? Like, right. Whatever. So ask questions, be suspicious, and stay safe, my friends. Yeah, ask questions. You're allowed to ask questions of, or you should be allowed to ask questions of healthcare providers. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I had so, like, I don't want to hot take it or like anything like that, but I was like, I just thought I was reflecting. And when he had, which by the way, substance abuse use is very real, very prolific. A lot of people have suffer from it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that with the way that he murdered people. I'm like, man, that is close. That Mm -hmm. is really close. Almost like he was, again, I don't want a hot take or be like, this is my hypothesis with this shit because it's all terrible. But maybe he was trying it on himself before trying it on other people. Potentially. We have no way of Or just has a death wish or just, you know, just wants, couldn't take himself out, took other people, which again, I don't like suicide. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Was unsuccessful for himself. Yeah. Until his last attempt, of course. Right. So... It's it's an interesting it's an interesting juxtaposition how his mother died. Yep. Uh, she did die of lung cancer. Like it absolutely was the cancer mm-hmm. that killed mm-hmm. her. But he'd watched her take these drugs for so long. Right. He then had them that, administered. In fact, exactly mm-hmm. had them administered by a physician. Yep. He mm-hmm. then had his his problem with substance abuse 
And then he was still using that in all of his murders. Could have idolized that doctor and the power that he held over Mm -hmm. another person's life, which happened to be his mother. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wild. It's... It's, I'm, A, I'm shocked I'd never heard of it, especially due to the number of victims involved. Yeah. But B, just, I mean, being in the medical community and the abuse of yep. license and title and power that yep. he shown, he's shown, pardon me, mm-hmm. it's surprising that this isn't talked about. Right. That in... always makes me sad. I mean, we both held licenses. Again, it's... I, I still help hold I, a license. Yeah. I, well, I was, I'm active, you, so I do. You active. You but are. But it's, it's really sad it is really sad i don't ever like hearing things like this because yes people do come to healthcare to trust people what else are they supposed to do you took advantage of vulnerable people and i mean and i'm not not, you he no no i totally yeah it it then sort of plays into the same question where we've had in canada recently and i i'm totally drawing a blank on her name and i'm so so apologetic that i don't remember her name but there was that patient in Manitoba, mm. who was not shown any appropriate care and oh. died in hospital. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same sort of thing. She she went to a hospital wanting care and wanting to expecting to, care, expecting as care. you should, as you absolutely should. And arguably, because she was an indigenous woman, she was not shown care. She was not shown that trust. Yep. I'm very that. similar. Obviously different, but very similar to how he treated his patients. They mm-hmm. came to him expecting trust and. They died because of it. Terrible. So that is the case of Harold Fred Shipman. That is, that, yikes, that's grim. That yeah. is grim. Yeah. It's not a punchline. It's just, it's fucking grim. It is really grim. And it's really sad, but I think it's a conversation that needs to continue on both sides. Mm-hmm. Again, as medical professionals to not abuse the power that we are yep. allowed and presented with from our patients, but mm-hmm. also for the patients to have autonomy and ask questions. Yep. yep. There's governing bodies of every single licensed professional you can think of. Every you single ever one. have a question, a complaint, a concern, you go to that board. It's either through the province or state that you live in, Mm -hmm. or it's through the country you live in. I know for Mm -hmm. hygiene in Canada, it was done through the province of British Columbia for me and through the country of Canada for Mm -hmm. me. So you've you've got options as to where to bring these reports of concern or abuse or whatever. And they take these unbelievably seriously. I'm governed by like three now. It's great. (laughs) I don't mind it. I I actually, this is going to sound so hokey and maybe like gives trust to everybody else. I actually like being governed by stuff like this because this Absolutely. is what keeps checks and balances. This is what keeps me also in line, not that I'm going to go murder anybody, but of like, oh, is this a, this is an ethical quandary. I should bring this to my board. Mm-hmm. This might be of concern to them. Well, and the other thing with the boards, and I don't admittedly know if it's the same for any other uh, medical professions, but in for again, for hygiene yep. and for any dental anything, we're told if there are any inquests happening or who's doing oh, yeah. it. We know the names of everyone involved. Yep. And what they're being accused of. Like, there is mm-hmm. no anonymi- an anonymity for yep. me in those inquiries. So it's very... Not public. of the client, of the... Yes, sorry. Yeah, of the, of the, not the patient or the client, of the of the person, the yeah, practicing person. Of the, yeah. the license holder. Right. Yeah. So it's... I don't know. It's Clients it's, should be protected. They absolutely they are. are we never... I've never seen a patient name. Mm-hmm. It is always just who's being accused, what are they being accused of, mm-hmm. when are their court dates, when are their... everything yeah so again ask questions yeah i always i I would hope beseeching it sounds like please ask questions of your licensed providers of anything yeah so stay safe everybody yeah um ask ask questions ask questions 
as always, you can reach out to us with any questions of your own at mm-hmm. yikesthatscrim at gmail.com, on our Instagram or Twitter at yikesthatscrim, or through the Facebook group that I'm drawing a blank. I think it's Yikes That's, That's Grim, Grim Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, as well, we would love it if you left us a five-star review. Love those, please. Preferably five. Thank you. Nice things only. And we will <laughs> see you guys next week. Have a great week, you guys. Happy Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.